Cold, read and written by Alexa Bond. Introduction. Loneliness is a bizarre thing. It can happen at any time of your life, no matter how old or young you are. You know when it happens because you have a deep feeling of sadness that feels like it will never end. And this is one of the times it really affected me. My husband, Michael, who has a, has a heart of gold and the purest smile of all time, and I, Emily, who people describe me as a brave and happy woman, we had planned on, to go on one of the most dangerous trips of all time. We planned to climb Mount Safara. Mount Safara was a majestic place and a beautiful mountain. We set off in our hometown, London. London is a busy place. People are rushing to get to work and running to catch their trains. But it also has, it plus, it has its plus sides. Like Heathrow Airport, after a 20 minute taxi drive ride, I can be on my way anywhere in the world. We were outside Terminal 5 and looking forward to our flight. There was no looking back. We were going to do this no matter what happened. Chapter 2 The Journey the journey was lonely, even though we were together. We were both in our own worlds, thinking about what could go wrong. If one of us became hurt, I could imagine what it would be like for my daughter Kate. We were both silent, but even though all our doubts, we were, we were not going to give up. We were going to persevere. I started to feel sad and upset. I muttered to Michael that we should go back. He tapped me on the shoulder. He had the most reassuring smiled, smile, which made me feel even better, a bit better about it as well, and less upset. He is the, mo he is the most incredibly skilled mount mountaineer, so as long as I let him lead the way, we'll be fine. I relaxed, closed my eyes, I must have dozed off. My mind wandered, and my thoughts of my daughter Kate came back to me. I missed her so much. We came across a little town. We stopped to have some breakfast because we set off so early from London that we did not have time for food. But we did say goodbye to Kate. There were green trees and happy boys and girls played. It made me remember Kate. She is a wonderful girl. She's full of joy and happiness like her father. She's only 10, but that made me more upset thinking about her. The small town was warm and homely, but the mountain was not in this town. Chapter 4 Mount Safara We had to cross the border as soon as we crossed the border as soon as we crossed the border, the atmosphere changed. Instead of playful children, there was silence. It was dark and gloomy, even though it was daytime. Michael and I both looked up and saw it. Or you might say her. Her name was Mount Safara. What a wonderful sight. But it looked lonely. It was beautiful and dominated the view of, around it. There was nothing around it though. We gathered our stuff and equipment. The equipment was crampons, our helmets, eye screws and more. So we set off up the mountain. The training we did was hard but worth it. There were no animals around it. It was almost like a dead place. The 
Days up the mountain. Day one. The start of the mountain was good and fairly easy. While, while we enjoyed early stages of our walk, I found myself more soaking up the, up the scenery and daydreaming about what lies ahead. I should have known better. I tripped and lost my balance and I began to fall. The barren landscape and the jagged rocks meant that if even if I fall, it could be fatal. Luckily, Michael caught me. I was so lucky. My adventure would have almost been over before it had started. If I would have fell, it would make it impossible for me to hold onto the rope on more, on more challenging parts. And that would be, and that would be, if I was lucky. My body was aching. So was Michael's body. To pass the time, we chatted and talked and talked until we didn't even realise our bodies were hurting. I just completely forgot about it. Day two, we set up the tents. It was hard because the wind kept on swirling and changing directions. It seemed to be playing with us. As soon as we had led the tent um, canvas out and reached for a peg, the wind would swirl and switch direction, lifting up a corner, flipping and tangling the rope. I made myself into a human wind block when Michael set up the tent. I felt such a, so, so, so foolish. With all my years of experience and thousands of pounds of equipment, my role was to be dancing around like a human windbreak. I looked down and saw Michael in fits of laughter laughing at me while I looked like some crazy seagull trying to take off. But we did manage and got to sleep eventually. Somehow the cold wind seems not to be not bad, but because we ha the laughter helped us. Not only we not only cope with the extreme environment, but also knowing I was safe in the hands of my teammate and best friend. Day three, a big storm was coming, so we packed up. The wind was as strong as a dragon blowing fire, ice to fire. We were still in a group of people. Later in the trip, Michael and I would split from the group and take a more demanding route. But for now, we were within a group. It was so hard that all the people except Michael and I went back to go to the ground. I knew I was not going to go up the mountain without Michael. Although he was being really annoying, we just laughed about it. He was he laughed the whole way non-stop. We laughed so much that we could hear our voices echo all around the mountain. So we stopped, otherwise we might be covered in snow. Day four, we kept climbing, had and had to get warmer clothes. I was shivering, so Michael hugged me hugged me, sharing his body heat. His coat was blue with a big heart in the middle, since Kate, our daughter, got it from Father's Day present. I tried to get some signal from my phone so I could send a picture to Kate, my daughter. But it was no use. There was literally nobody on this mountain except from us. Chapter 5, The Steep Bit. We came across a little steep bit on the Mount Sparrow. It looked huge. I told Michael we should go back, but he refused. He was not going to give up when we had come so far. 
I will show you there's nothing to worry about or dangerous. He tried to reassure me as he tried, tied his rope on some strong, solid ice and he went down the steep bit. I was worried about him. I could just imagine Kate's face when I came back with no Michael. It would have been a terrible thing for her to grow up without her father. He's brave and would never give up. He would always persevere. I knew he would be okay. He carved the challenge of adventure. It was part of who he was. Chapter six, the fall. Then something expected, unexpected happened. I could change my life forever. Crash, I heard a scream. It was Michael, he had fallen. I looked down, the rope snapped. Impossible, I thought. So I looked again, the rope had caught on some jagged pieces of splintered granite. The mountain was majestic and dangerous. I saw the panic in his eyes. He was weak. I got my rope out of my bag and grappling hook and hooked it onto a solid rock. I went down to him. By the time I got there, he was unconscious. I said to myself, be strong, you can do this. I can try and pull him up. I screwed some ice screws and I put my equipment onto Michael. I tried to pull him up, but he was no use. I was not strong enough to lift him. What should I do? If I stay here, I will not make it through the night. It, it ju is just too cold and impossible. I can leave, my s and, I can leave and save myself. Or can I stay with Michael and, well, we'll die together? I was not thinking straight. My head was spinning like an out-of-control car on black ice. My actions weren't right. I remembered my daughter Kate and how she was with her grandmother. I remembered her fifth birthday. It was a total disaster. The cake fell and the laugh was contagious and it turned into a food fight and I thought, I'm never going to see her again. Time I was not thinking straight, and it came to me. We have no flares, we have no emergency equipment, and no emergency food. What should I do? I stayed with him. If it, if he would have stayed, stayed with me. A few harsh days passed. We ran out of food and water. We were cold, and all hope was lost. Chapter seven: The good part. Suddenly, I heard some voices. Hello, I said. Good day, mate. What's the prob? A person came over to the ridge of my right. My face lit up with a smile. He was obviously Australian. It's my husband. He fell. I'm not strong enough to lift him. Can you help me, please? I said with happiness in my voice. Sure, happy to help. And call me Bruce. We need to leave him to get a helicopter. If we go now, we can get the helicopter and pick him up before nightfall, Bruce said. No, I am not leaving him. We can leave some sticks, I said. It will be covered by snow, Bruce said. What should I do? I thought about Kate. You may think this is a simple decision, but it's not. Imagine one of your loved ones about to die, hurt and unwell. What would you do? Leave a loved one and risk having him or her dead? I'd rather die than live with my loss of my husband, I said. My head was spinning. I thought about Kate again. 
Do you have a daughter or son? Bruce said. Yes, I have a daughter named Kate, I said. If you both die, she'll be an orphan. But if you come, she'll probably have a mum and possibly a dad, Bruce said. I guess so. She had a heart of gold. She does not deserve to have no parents, I said. We have to. If I go alone, the heli get, get the helicopter, and I fall on my way, all three of us end up dead. But if you come with me and I fall, you can carry me on the helicopter, Bruce said in a calm voice. It's tough, but you know I'm right, Bruce said. Okay, you are right, and I know it. But I will not be happy about it, I said in a less happy voice. Come on, Bruce said. I got my stuff and started to go down the mountain. We got to the floor and we ran to the nearest mountain rescue base. We need a helicopter. My husband fell and he needs help, I said. I said to the man at the desk. He rang a bell and suddenly loads of women and men went out of the base. They got a helicopter and said to us, get in and can you tell us where, where he is or a six grid figure get rid, grid reference. He's just above the dead zone. It's called the ice cold bank. It used to be a river. He fell down there. The helicopter got there in time and we saved him. The helicopter got Michael down the mountain and to, to the closest hospital. Michael is sick and walking like normal. Kate is playing with him non-stop and Bruce is now one of our closest friends. From this day, I always think about what, what happened and I'm grateful for how it turned out. Loneliness is a strange thing but you can always find a way to fix it. It may leave some scars, but it's better than losing somebody close to you and dear to you, no matter what happens. <laughs>